What is up, y'all? It's your girl, Dr. Nina. And today on Now That's Life, we're going to explore how to start to put yourself first without the guilt. So, so many of us are lost on how to set boundaries. I know because I've struggled with it too. I've told you guys this before. I've been the yes girl and the superhero in a lot of situations. And we have to take better care of ourselves and give ourselves the permission to treat ourselves better. So today, I thought it was best with the new year coming, with the seasons changing, with all of the holidays coming up that we explore some of the ways to get a firm start on changing because we make all these new year's resolutions we think of new ways to do things better but we really don't think about the beginning of the story we jump in in the middle and there's a lot we have to tackle with ourselves not other people per se but ourselves in order for us to get better so i want to dive right into that So most of y'all know your girl very well, but for those of you all who don't, I'm your host, Dr. Nina Ellis Hervey, a licensed school and clinical psychologist in the states of Texas and Louisiana. I'm also a tenured and associate professor. I'm a certified professional life coach. And of course, you're here on Now That's Life podcast. Now we do our thing over here and we really do address a lot of topics and concerns. But while I want this podcast to be a helpful and a great resource to you, it's not meant to be a substitution for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. I have some questions for you and I really want you to sit back and think deeply about this. I am your friend in your head. So even if you need to speak back, please do. Are you failing at giving back to yourself or feeling guilty about doing things you love and like? Do you put the needs of other people in front of your own needs? I want you to think carefully about that because a lot of times we don't address that fully and we don't think about what that means. I really want you to consider that while listening to this episode. But I don't want you to feel bad. That's not what I'm here for. Many of us do that and we fail miserably at putting ourselves first. And furthermore, we fail at feeling guilty when we do choose to do so. So here are some practical ways to start to build on taking care of you. I'm going to follow with answering a few specific questions that you all had as well. First, before we get into my topics at hand and all of these ways that I want you all to start practicing, and myself included, because I am no pro at this. I'm getting better. I've done better. I've grown over the years. A big part of my accountability is my YouTube channel, which you guys watch in droves. Thank you so much. But a lot of that is holding myself accountable for making sure that I take care of myself. So let's make sure we understand, even just in layman's term, what self-care means. Self-care is not a selfishness act. It is more about just being good to you. Now, if people want to call that selfish, that's on them. But it is about you. And while you make a lot of your life about other people, sometimes you have to make yourself prioritize yourself. In a world where we're constantly told that we need to work, 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 we need to move, we need to always be on the go, we should feel bad if we're not working. In the times where we do have some downtime, we don't even feel good about just going to get ourselves a pedicure, going to get ourselves a manicure. Y'all know I love a good self-care box, just even sitting down and lighting a candle that you enjoy or like, reading a book, watching a TV show. Heck, I like to turn my brain off and watch some reality TV. Do whatever it is that really gives you joy. It seems like every time we turn around, we're giving crap about that. And I really want us to think about what our definition of self-care is as well during this episode. 
The first thing that is often excellent and a must to do is to practice saying no and learn to mean it. So in many situations, we tie our worth to how often we say yes. And sometimes we can be a superhero to so many other people. We won't even say yes to ourselves, but somehow we believe that saying yes to other people fulfills us. When in the end, we usually end up burnt busted and disgusted. I'm just going to be honest. Now, the truth is we simply can't do everything. And the faster we understand that, the less we overextend ourselves and the less we lose our edges and reclaim our time. And I said our edges because a lot of times people stress you out. They are a hot mess. (laughs) And even when they're not, when you have too much on your plate, you're stressing yourself out. You're failing to give back to yourself. You're failing to say it's okay for me to chill out for me to be me, for me to just, you know, take in the breeze and it's okay. And so sometimes we cause ourselves the extra and added stress, believing that we have to save everyone, but who's going to save you? That's the question. So according to Dr. Danielle Forshee, she's a licensed clinical social worker. Even though the word no tends to have a negative connotation when someone is asking for your help, it's not selfish to turn someone down if your plate is already overflowing or even if you just don't have the energy to spare. If we say yes to everything, we would not have any time or energy left to focus on ourselves. So you have to be able to identify what you can handle and who is worth your time and energy. Let me say that again. Identify what you can handle and who is worth your time and energy. A lot of times we don't consider that. We don't think about who's most important. And somehow we don't give ourselves permission again to do that. Everyone who asks for your help, everyone who demands your time doesn't deserve it, right? Just because they ask for it doesn't mean you have to give it to them. And let me tell you something, just because you ask it of them doesn't mean they have to give it to you. So release yourself from that. But to start doing this and to start thinking about yourself and practicing saying no and learning to mean it, you have to learn to remove yourself from always making emotional decisions. It's usually very hard for me because when I tell people, no, I feel something, right? I'm like, oh, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? Because I have fear of how they're going to react or behave. And I've had people act really badly afterwards. I've had people have a whole problem with me saying no, especially if you've consistently said yes, you can only expect for somebody to have a temper tantrum. And I had to learn that. But the more you say no, y'all, I suggest practicing. Oh Lord. I have practiced before work. I've practiced before school. I've practiced before church. I have said no, 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 and no. And You feel better about it. And then in the situations where you stand up and say no, not in a mean way, but in a way that's just setting boundaries and being firm and not questioning. I'm not talking about the no. I'm talking about no. The more you say it, the better you're going to feel about it. The more accountable to yourself you're going to feel. And you're going to feel a great sense of yourself. You're going to help to boost that self-esteem, that self-confidence. You're going to feel much more love for you. You're going to feel like you're standing up for yourself and you're protecting your time and your energy. So a warning here, though, is that the first time you do it is going to be hard. Every time I've learned to say no and mean it, it has really been hard on me. It's made me feel like, dang, like, should I be this hard on this person without considering, should I be this hard on myself, right? 
And a lot of times that's the bad thinking, the backwards thinking. I'm not saying don't consider other people in your decision making, especially if you're a mother, if you're a sister, a brother, uh, if you're a husband, if you're a wife. You have to consider your children, all of that. However, remember that without you, a lot of things don't move. So if you don't make it okay for you to learn boundaries, you're not going to teach those boundaries to your children. You're not going to teach those boundaries to your significant other. They're not only going to not respect you, but they might not also respect themselves and allow others to run over time with you, to run over time for their families, things like that. So you have to also teach others with the decisions that you make. So I've learned to take the pressure off myself and stop being emotional with the decisions. Like I said, I am much more realistic and not moved by the way I believe someone else might choose to treat me if I say no. If you saying no in a situation where you just totally cannot do it or stand causes someone else to treat you badly, then how much do you really want that person in your life, in your circle, in your immediate space anyway? So it's best to think about how much time and energy you have to spare. And if it doesn't work for you, then so be it. Let it go. Move on. A lot of times I found when I said no, I was the one left with the anxiety and angst, not the other person. When I said no, they found somebody else to help them with what they wanted. Whether it was they were asking for money, whether it was they were asking for my time, if they were asking for my guidance and I didn't have the time to give it, they didn't freak out because I said no, not all the time. I mean, 10, I want to say out of 10 times, maybe people freak out one or two times. Okay. But most of the time, people are just going to be like, okay, and they're going to find someone else to do it. So we have to allow ourselves the space to get over what saying no does to us and why we feel guilty for it. The next thing is to know that it is okay to ask for help. According to Dr. Jonice Webb, a psychologist, as an emotionally neglected child, which a lot of us have experienced, you might have internalized your parents' message. Don't have feelings, don't show feelings, don't need anything from anyone. And even if you didn't get that from your parents, guys, let me interject here. You might have gotten it from a recent relationship you were in or a past relationship. You might have gotten it from another family member or you might have even gotten it at your job, right? (laughs) When it's actually not healthy to never express emotion, that may be the bigger problem. But she continues in saying, if it's hard for you to say no to others, it's probably equally hard for you to ask them for help or a favor. And I know I've experienced this. It's it's ridiculously hard to be able to say that. Like, this is especially hard when we are in this society where we're taught to be independent at all times. Now, I know y'all might know the Labusi Lewebby song. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? For so many years, even if it's not taught to us by our parents, especially black women and women of color, I think experience this across the board. But I think especially with black women is that we have to be this backbone to everyone. We have to work hard. We have to be good to everyone. We have to save everyone. We must also maintain our independence and must lessen our levels of emotion or we become the angry black woman or we become the angry black man you know, whoever you are. And I think sometimes that wears so heavily on us. Um, But in life, you will sometimes need someone. 
And you're going to need help for various things. So we have to accept that. You're not going to be able to ride through life completely alone. You won't feel good about it. You won't be able to achieve everything you want on your own. At some time in life, life is going to show you that you have to be able to ask for help effectively. So to start to do this more freely and not feel guilt, you have to realize that while you may have a hard time saying no, most other people don't. I'm going to tell you now, I've had people say no to me before I can even finish the sentence or ask the question. No, that's it. (laughs) And they move along, you know, and usually again, think about how you feel when you ask people for help and you don't get it. Most of the times it doesn't bother you as much. The only time it does is when you've given way too much to other people, you've given way too much of yourself four and two other people. And then you're thinking, how dare they say no to me when I've given so much of them, but should their answer reflect what you've done for them? That's manipulation. In a lot of cases, you can't always expect for somebody to give to you as you've given to them. And you made that choice. You had a hand in that decision. So that's something to think about. And also, learning this for yourself is going to help free you. If you learn that I don't always have to be tied to a yes, and that I can say no, and that I can also ask for help when needed, then you're going to feel better about it. Those that truly love and accept you are going to be just fine with helping you in certain situations. And you're not going to even have to remind them of all the things you've done for them, of all the times you've been there for them. It shouldn't be that stressful or straining. But at first, it's going to be hard, especially if you've always said yes to people. So you expect for them to say yes to you. You might be afraid approaching people and asking them for help. You might want to cower when it comes to asking them for anything, even if it's the smallest thing. And I had to learn this because I had to learn I had a problem with this because I would go to friends' houses. I would go see family members and I would say things like, oh, I really, you know, could I please have some water? Could I please do this? And my friends would be so offended. Like, I mean, you at my house, I invited you as a guest. You don't have to ask for everything. And I think it's because even in those small situations, I didn't even feel comfortable being given to, asking for and being given to. So even the smallest things, I just felt like you had to ask people for because Sometimes when you've experienced even the slightest emotional abuse, and I'm not even talking just from parents, but even in a relationship where it wasn't as nurturing, where it wasn't reciprocated that you gave, then sometimes you learn in this world that you don't expect for others to give of their time, of any favors or anything like that. And you have to reverse that negative learning. You have to reverse how you feel about the way people could give to you and how people view you. There's been so many people that just because I asked, they are so willing to be there. And y'all, I get emotional because it's so true. You know, there's been times where people were like, man, you've been struggling with this for this long. I could have been did this or I could have helped you with this. And I'm thinking to myself, sometimes it's not just pride, but it's also not knowing how to ask for help. It's knowing, it's not knowing how to ask people to be there for you or expecting that they can be because you've been so used to being independent and doing everything on your own. So really consider that. The next thing is to check in with yourself to know what you want and know what you don't. 
I've mentioned this before, but I used to be super impulsively jumping at the chance to do everything people wanted me to do or everything they asked of me. Even if it costed me my comfort, my sleep, my alone time, my relationship time, or just my chill time, just because I felt like I had to do it. I had to say yes. I had to be there. Not even if I liked it, not even if I didn't like it. I didn't even consider any of those things. And that's actually self-care, y'all, right down to knowing whether or not you like the things that are being asked of you. Sometimes we are so willing to sacrifice our own ethics, to sacrifice our own values for other people when they would never, ever do that for us. And again, I'm not saying that everything should be based off what someone else should do for you, but sometimes we don't even know if we want to do what is asked of us for other people. And we don't even check with ourselves. So you have to check with yourself. Okay. So instead of doing all the things other people would like to do, when was the last time you asked yourself the following questions? I'm going to ask you some questions to ask yourself. How tired am I? Okay. How exhausted am I? How do I feel in my body? How do I feel physically? When did I last watch my favorite TV show? Whatever that is. And when did I last do something I like? Those are all important questions. And whether or not you have a family, friends, a significant other, you definitely should consider those things, even in those decisions. Yes, we make sacrifices. Yes, we make compromises. And those things should be expected when you bring and take on other people within your life. But in no way, shape, or form, 24-7, should you only be tending to others. I don't care who you are. There's no one in this world that can really sustain that kind of living without going crazy or losing it with rage. That's probably going to be the end result. And you don't want that. So when you spend a lot of time on other people and all the things that they like and the things you don't, you lose what truly is your true likes and dislikes. You may really get lost in the sauce. So you may also start to feel resentful when other people only comment and focus on what they like or dislike. And this may be because you never defined what you like or dislike. A person can only talk about themselves if you've only allowed that. You've not shown that you have any type of standards or boundaries or things that you enjoy or things that you engage in regularly. So they're not going to treat them like they matter. Believe me, they're not. So even when you start that, you're going to have to help them learn that these are things you do for you because you like. I want to challenge you to try not to think about declining an offer as saying no to someone else, but maybe it's really you just saying yes to you. You're rearranging your time. You're giving yourself more availability for you, and that's okay. You should say yes to you, and it's okay to think about you. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. If somebody asks you, you point them in the direction of this podcast and let them know that, look, it's okay for me to think about me. Like, it's okay. If I'm not, you know, totally consumed with self, which we know that there's a fine line in selfishness, and selfishness is usually having no regard for others, and it is a negative connotation to that. But sometimes you do have to be selfish when I say that in your decision-making when it comes to taking care of you because no one else is going to do it. And a lot of times other people are not going to be in tune with when that should happen for you. So you have to be responsible. So if you lose you, nothing else moves, nothing. 
Your children are going to feel it when you're out of energy, when you're out of power, when you're not able to give as much. Your significant other is going to feel it. If you don't have the recharge time, others around you are going to notice that. Even at work, you're going to be burnt out. You might be sad. You might be out of it. There might be a lot of issues. So according to Shannon Thomas, a therapist, we can't give what we don't have. And that includes our time, energy, and resources. She goes on to say, to make sure you aren't overexerting yourself, she suggests taking a moment to reflect on whether or not you've really met your own needs for the day. If the answer is no, it's probably a sign you need to shift your attention back to yourself. So if people are constantly asking you, hey, you want to go to happy hour? And you're like, yeah. Hey, you want to go watch this movie with me? And you're like, yeah. But then you find yourself mad at the end of the day because you're like, well, I didn't really have time to do what I wanted to do. I really didn't have time to watch what I wanted to watch or get that pedicure or manicure of that massage that I promised myself. Who do you have to blame? You have the choice in the matter. And remember, if you said no, they might find somebody else to do it. Is it that you don't want them to find somebody else to do it? Because in a lot of situations, when you start to say no, you realize that that imaginary person they're going to be hanging out with instead of you, it is a lot better for you. So you get some time off and you get some refreshing and you get some things that you need in your day. So you need to bring it back to yourself. The next thing is to make sure that you love on yourself and enjoy you and spend time on what you enjoy. I've kind of sent this message throughout the rest of my points, but I want to make sure that this fourth point kind of ties them all in for you. Most of us will spend our last on someone else, but what about you? What would you spend on you? If you had $3 left in your pocket and you were urgently needing something very small, would you think first about what you need or the needs of everybody else? And I'm not saying that it's not bad to think about everyone else, but sometimes other people can wait. And we often think it's our own guilt that pushes us into making them the first priority. Of course, when you have a little baby or you have a budding relationship, you want to pay and make sure that you're giving all the attention to that. But remember that a lot of times those things are going to get your attention naturally. They have to. So when are you going to make yourself accountable for giving attention to you? Okay. What would you give to you? Repeat after me. It is not selfish to spend time money and resources on yourself. Let's repeat that. It is not selfish to spend time, money, and resources on yourself. Yes, we all have must-dos, priorities, bills, and more, and that ain't never gonna stop. Your taxes bill is gonna come, your tax bill, everything else is going to come yearly. You can expect that, but sometimes you have to do something for you. If you fail to give to yourself, how do you expect others to know how and what to give to you? One thing I had to learn a bit later in life is that the way that I treat myself is a blueprint for how others treat me. If I don't lay the blueprint correctly, I cannot really be upset with others who fail at knowing the way or the map or the road to treating me correctly because I'm not showing them that I want it I'm not showing them that I want to be treated correctly. I'm not showing them what that means and how that's important to me in my life. If they don't see me putting myself first, then they certainly will not make sure that I'm a priority. Okay. Treat yourself to feeling your best so you can perform at your best. One of the best ways 
One of the best ways I found to doing this is looking the part. When I feel good, I do better. Okay, get a mani, a pedi, a massage, new reasonable outfit. It don't have to be over the top, but remember the better you feel about you, the better you can be to others and the better others will treat you. Others will try to make you feel bad about this, but often I have to sit back and think about it. What is it that you give to that other person that makes them feel that they may be losing something if you give to yourself? And honestly, Someone may be afraid of you giving to yourself because it takes away from them. And that's not you being selfish. That's them being selfish. Again, you need to start to rewire the way that you're thinking about this. And I, I just really suggest rewiring that. Not you need to, but it's, it's a good suggestion and a good thought process to start rewiring how you think about that. And how you view the demands and the needs of others. The last thing I'm going to say is to seek the help of a licensed mental health professional. A therapist is always a good go. And also because if you're struggling to find out where the root of your issues come from, where the people pleasing comes from, where the putting yourself last come from, where the putting yourself last comes from, where does all of that come from? You really need to be able to explore that in a place where no one has anything to lose or gain from what you choose to give to people and what you choose not to and what you choose to give to yourself. So I'm always going to say that's a top priority. So those are my five things. So hopefully those are refreshing for you and some things that can get you started up and geared up before this new year and before these new year's resolutions that y'all send me and tell me, get started now. Start really filtering out what's going to be best for you and what's not going to be best for you. Hopefully that makes sense. I totally hope y'all are enjoying this show. And before we get into these questions that you guys sent in, we're going to take a quick break. Y'all, we are back. Let's go ahead and delve into these questions. So I went ahead and picked four questions or comments that you all posted for me for this podcast episode. And I'm going to start with Kayla Elder. I thought that this was a really great one. Can you talk about how to start and set up a routine when putting yourself first? Well, I think that we've really described all of those steps with my five steps that I think are good beginner steps. But if I were going to start, I think the biggest thing that I would do is learn to practice saying no. And if you're used to being around people that consistently ask you for things, I say a part of your routine should be at least trying to think about maybe incorporating saying no a couple times a week to things that you normally say yes to. Maybe it's something that you've been doing for years that you don't really enjoy anymore. Maybe you don't enjoy all of those happy hours or you don't enjoy those hours just sitting on the phone with someone or constantly uh, serving as an ear every day to someone. Maybe some of those days you learn how to step back and say, I'm just going to take this time for me. And you don't have to explain. I want you to learn how to explore that without explaining it. To basically just say, you know, no, and move on from there. And I think that that's a good and I believe that that's a good beginning for you. Another thing might be also maybe taking one day a month that focuses on you. 
that's insightful, something maybe you go and learn that you never learned before. If you don't have a lot of money, because I know people say, well, people are always saying, tell, you know, people are always telling me to go get a massage, to go get therapy. People are always telling me to get a massage, to get a mani, to get a pedi, and I really don't have money for that. Well, not everything is something you have to pay for. Some museums are free. Some different events are free. Look up something you can do that's going to expand on your growth and your mind or simply plan a relaxation time for yourself at home. Even if you don't have the money for those things, there was a time where I was the only one that did my manicures and pedicures. Just sitting at home doing self-care things and not allowing people to interrupt. That might be turning your phone off or turning off your iPad or whatever it is or your computer or not answering emails for the day. That might be something you do or taking a mental health day off from work once a month if you have the time to gain, if you have the time to give to yourself. I think that those are all ways to start with this routine of really taking care of and putting yourself first. I think that those will give you some more time. You'll be surprised and shocked at how those small moves will actually make big gains. The next question or comment was by Kwani Kwan. She said, this topic is a good one. A lot of my friends look to me for answers relating to their life choices. Although I don't mind being there for them, oftentimes the load gets heavy and leaves me feeling empty. So I have to back away and refuel myself with much needed me time. However, when I do this, my friends think I'm acting funny or whatever. Sometimes I will go days and not answer the phone from certain people because I know they're calling for advice on situations and I've already given the advice. So basically what she asked towards the end, because this was a little longer, is that, you know, is that okay? And what I'm going to say here is... I think you have to determine what's okay for you, what's going to be the best for you, what's important for you, and why it's important for you. If you're setting boundaries, then that's fine. If you're not maliciously trying to harm someone or tell them something bad about themselves or really count them out just because, then I think that's totally okay. Um, I think you have to consider first though, what is your aim and goal? If your friends are calling, you just say, "Mm, I don't want to talk to them. But if there's a reason because you're trying to maintain your sanity and you're trying to take some time off from the situation, then that's fine. I would also sometimes practice just letting them know that maybe. I know uh, for me and some of my simple situations that have occurred, I've learned to just say, you know what? I'm sorry, but I'm not answering the phone right now because I'm trying to take some time for me. And sometimes that might seem unnecessary and you don't have the obligation of telling people things. But I think sometimes when you tell people that they know when to mess with your time and when not to, and they know why you're not answering and they start to respect it or are forced to respect it even more. So that might be a consideration. And I don't think you're wrong at all for taking a mental health break. And sometimes people will consistently, I call it dump, dump on you, especially if you're considered the strong one. If you're considered the one that's always holding it together, even if you're not behind closed doors, they're gonna consider that. So what I would say is just be mindful of that And also make sure that you take care of yourself and take care of the things that you want to take care of during this process and be very clear about what's important to you and what's not. Prioritizing your time and prioritizing what's good for you. If it's good for your mental health, take a step back, think about why you're doing it and stick with it. 
You just have to stand firm. When you don't stand firm, people do not take what you're saying seriously. The next question comes from Arthon06. And it says to talk about how sometimes doing things out of self-care for one's mental state can be seen as selfishness, especially with family members. So Arthon, I'm going to have to really, really say I really do 100% agree. A lot of times it's not even just family members, but it's anyone you're close to. And they may make you feel bad about spending so much time on yourself or what they consider to be so much time. But what you realize, though, is if you spend a lot of time on them, they're not calling that being too selfless. And you have to consider that. Um, I, I had to realize this because I've had people in the past tell me that I was being selfish because, you know, I don't want to answer my phone during a workout or, you know, I don't always want to answer while I'm sleeping because it's sleep is precious or I don't want to always, you know, come and have long, you know, times of sitting at someone's house or going to parties or things like that. I show my face and I leave, but I don't think that's selfish because I don't expect any different from anyone else. If someone needs that time alone, if they need time to be by themselves, I support that. If they need to be them, I support that. If they need some rest and mental relaxation from me, I support that. So it's the same thing on my end. I would expect that others really do support me and making sure that I take care of myself as well. So when people say that that's selfish, you have to consider, is it because I'm not spending that time on them? Is it because I'm not considering them in that time? And if you've consistently always jumped at the chance to be there for them at every turn, then you have to expect that they're going to feel that way. And sometimes we have to break the habits of others. We have to break the negative chains that we've built and accept our responsibility in this. We also have to accept that the moment you say no is probably going to be the moment they start to have a tantrum when it comes to this because you've always granted them access. And when you don't, you're going to have some things that backfire. So your family is the closest to you. If they're always, if you've always been accessible to your family, you've always been there for them, you can expect that they're going to have a problem with a newfound desire to do some things for self. And you have to stay firm. And whatever decision you make, I urge you, don't go back because the more you go back, the more you're going to show them that their words mean more than what you've set out for your own life. So hopefully that helps. Y'all, the last question is from Joy Cooper. She said, how do you put yourself first without making your partner feel neglected? I want to work more on self-care for myself as well as for the benefit of a healthier relationship, but I don't want my significant other to think I'm ignoring him. So Joy, I think that this is a common difficulty. I don't think you're alone in this. And again, this is just my thoughts on this. Um, Basically, I would first think that you have to sit down and discuss the importance of your time and the type of time that you want to make sure is essential and important in your relationship. I think one thing we fail to do is explain to people that we love, you know, people that deserve our explanations, why we need certain things. And we just expect that they accept that or want that for us without us really telling them the essentials of that. And I realized that too, because I used to be very resentful when people wouldn't give to me what I would give to them. And so sometimes I think what you have to say is 
you know, what you just said here on this post. Hey, I, I think a good suggestion would be, hey, you know, babe, I really want to spend this Saturday getting some things done. I would really like to complete some projects that I've started. Um, maybe we can get together Saturday night after I've kind of completed some things. Even if that's you resting or going to do some things for yourself, going to do some shopping alone, whatever that is. And I think just expressing that and saying, you know, I just want some time by myself to think about some things and get some things done. And maybe you can also use the time for some things you've been wanting to do. And so it also offers that same luxury to them. And so they also understand that this is about me feeling really great about me and having some time for me so that I can be at my best when I'm with you. And I think when people understand it that way, they start to feel better about it and not about it. Just you trying to get away from them is you really trying to get away from your world, period. Not just them, not just other people, not trying to isolate yourself. You're just trying to rebuild, reactivate, renew. And I think sometimes we fail at telling people that. So maybe the first step is really letting those essential people in your life know where you are and where you stand and why and and what you want. And it, it's a small thing. You know, I think we treat it so big like, oh, I really want five hours to myself. I mean, in the grand scheme of life, I would hope that five hours is not going to really hurt, confuse, or concern the person that you're with because they're going to hopefully have the rest of their time with you. So I would say to be very forthcoming in that and be clear about your your self-care time. I know that I'm very clear about that and I try to make that clear to not just romantic partners, but to other people in my life as well, even with my own mother, like mom, I'm going to not be on the phone right now because I have some things to do. If you have an emergency, please let me know, text me, let me know what's going on or, you know, call me and let me know something's going on. But you know, unless you tell people they won't be accountable and you can't be accountable to yourself and you can't allow yourself to get upset with them when you don't set the boundaries. So that's a big part of it. So hopefully that helps. Thank you for that question, Joy. Well, y'all, that is all for today's episode of Now That's Life with Dr. Nina. So I hope y'all enjoyed it and had a good time. Make sure that you stay tuned for more and subscribe to know when I post my next episode and sign up for my e-newsletter at drninaellishervey.com. It's absolutely free and you will get my free eight-day supernatural video course, which teaches you the ways that I've learned to live my life in order to have even better stability mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health. And I know that you will enjoy it. And the best part is it's free 99, right? <laughs> you can also find me on YouTube at Beautiful Brown Baby Doll or Dr. Nina or on Beautiful Brown Baby Doll TV or at my Instagram and Facebook by the same name. So again, thanks for chilling with me today, y'all. I hope y'all had a blast. And thank you so much for your questions, your writing in and everything. Make sure that you come back and tune in. Make sure that you share, comment, and tag me whenever you share it on social media. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Dr. Nina signing out. Peace.